Yo, guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the One Broke Actress Podcast. If you don't know what this is, let me tell you. This is an honest account of LA actor life, plus a few lessons I learn in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine, aka One Broke Actress. And I'm in a really good mood because I just left town for a couple days. And uh, it always makes me feel better to come home. If you don't, I highly recommend leaving LA like once every six to eight weeks, just for even a night. Just get out of town. Not only is it very refreshing, there's like a 67% chance that you'll book a role. That's like very official math. Extremely, uh, extremely studied and researched, and I did the numbers myself. Okay, moving on. The business today is. Did you get your call sheet? Let's start out with that one. The call sheet is an actor-driven little skimmed headlines email that comes out every single Sunday from myself and fellow broke actress Jenna Mishno. Written, fun, little tongue-in-cheek stuff. You know how I do it. Um, it is all available at onebrokeactress.com. Click subscribe. Drop your email address in there. You're automatically added to the list. Also, do you know there's a broke actor Facebook group? If you go to the One Broke Actress Facebook page, you can like it while you're there, and click on the community section, it leads you to the One Broke Actress, Bunch of Broke Actors Facebook page. So we can all chat about questions we have about the business and about our own personal stuff and get advice from other actors who are in the same vein as what I do. We're not competing. We're all just helping each other out in this crazy world we've decided to live in. So get the call sheet, check out the Broke Actor Facebook group, and while you're at it, check out onebrokeactress.com. You should check out at Sam Valentine on Instagram. And you should subscribe and rate this podcast. Because if you haven't already, I could really use your review and your rating in there. And you better be subscribed because I'm just bringing you free content all the time. Nothing on here is sponsored yet, guys. At some point, I would like to have sponsors because that means I could bring you more podcasts all the time. Just think about for a second, if you haven't rated and reviewed this podcast, but you look forward to it every week, in a few weeks, this podcast will be done with season two. So if you want more episodes, subscribe, rate, review, and share. That's it. It costs you zero dollars. Just a few moments of your time. Okay, I'm done being annoying. Today's guest, you guys, is Amber Midthunder. Do you know her? She's cool as shit. She's super fun. She just had an awesome show premiere. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Legion. I don't know. It's like a little thing that's happening. But uh, Amber's actually been in the business since she was a little kid because her mom was a casting director. And she actually tells a really cute story about how she would sit in on auditions with her mom in like a little princess tent in the corner and then occasionally have opinions on actors. So she's been technically studying for years. Uh, and then she moved out to L.A. very young, and she tells us all about how she figured out navigating L.A. bright and early, going from audition to audition with zero social life, super young out here. And she really kind of killed it, and she tells us how her focus kept her going that whole time. She also shares with us a little bit about her health and fitness and how she stays healthy working on a set. We all know craft services is a bit of a challenge. And something we haven't talked about on this podcast before, I'm really excited. She talks about her religious beliefs and how spirituality has really kept her going um, despite all of the crazy stuff that Hollywood throws at her and despite the fact that a lot of people in Hollywood don't support a lot of spirituality especially religion. I think actually we're pretty spiritual. We're not super religious. You know what I mean? Everyone like has crystals, but like you say the word Jesus and they're like, whoa, I'm out. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So she kind of talks about that. She opens up a little bit to us today about that. So I think you will really fall in love with her. She's freaking adorable. So I'm not going to keep you any longer. Without further ado, please enjoy Amber Midthunder. Your blog about like crossfitting and being an actress and mm -hmm. then you had to stop and stuff because like so i've been around crossfit for a really long time but i've never like been at a crossfit gym or done an on-ramp program or like had like programming or anything like yeah. i would always just work out by myself and do like crossfitty type stuff yeah i was always i would always center it around like cardio and light weights and if i didn't want to build a certain like that was the only way that i built muscle was like because I was doing a lot of air squats. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. it would just be like a ton, like a minuscule amounts. Because mm -hmm. my, like, I've always just been sort of like 
long and thin, but like, uh, but like my body just likes to be a little, I'm not lean is the thing. Really? I'm not lean. Like, no. Like, that's why I'm excited to do like the FFC. Cause like, I just, I've, cause I've, my body has gone through so many weird periods of like, like I used to cause it's just like my body likes to have like a certain amount of softness. And I was a model, um, like in middle school, my best friend, uh, I think I was 14. You were a model in middle school? Yeah. Did that fuck you up? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> totally That's, fuck me up. Yes. Because like... I'm recording, by the way. Okay. Is that okay? <laughs> That's fine. Um, my best friend was... Uh, she signed with Ford. And then she was like, oh, you should get my friend. And somebody said to me beforehand, they were like, oh, you should probably lean out a little bit. And I was How like... 14. <sighs> so, of course, I was like, oh, my gosh. And I did. And I got like super, super tiny. But then that just sort of led to this like weird... It's a cycle. You know what I mean? Like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. So it's like just sort of finding like what consistently like works for me. And I don't feel like I've necessarily found it yet. Like I found um, a place where like I can eat good foods and like support the training that I like to do. Cause mm-hmm. you know, like I like to go to CrossFit. I like to go to BX. I love to go to kickboxing. Like, and sometimes I want to do two classes in one day and it's like, how can I support that without like what we were talking about of like building a certain type of body? Yeah. It's such a balancing act. Yeah. I'm so jealous of the girls who can just lift weights and do this workout and that workout. And like, they're never, um, they never have to worry about it. Yeah. I know. And it's just, it comes with a profession. And also it's like part, you know, it's an identity thing. Like some people like love that as their identity and some people, you know, just don't like, I've never been that way, but I feel like it's, so it's like to do something like the FFC and like talk to somebody like Erica who really knows what they're doing Mm -hmm. and like can help you get to a place with like, um, uh, like sustainability is my biggest, like, that's like my biggest goal right now is like figuring out a way to get to like a physical goal, but do it in a sustainable way that I can still like have my life and my sanity and like keep it up. Yeah. You know, cause like you're talking about like, if you like drop 12 pounds in three weeks, you're not going to be in a good mood and you're also not no. going to be able to keep that. So like, even if you hit your like physical goal, everything else sucks. Like yeah. that's not a good balance. And then the second you start to gain it back, you feel like you're such a failure and that you gave yeah. up and it's like, you're like, I'm not working hard enough for my career, but it's also like, I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not fun to be around. No. This is my whole... And it, like... And when it dominates your whole mindset, it's like... Ugh, right. Get away from me, you know? Yeah, and then you're... No one... Like, that's also an energy that you bring into auditions, by the way, which yes. I feel strongly about. That is, that is so interesting. Okay, so let's... Let's talk about you a little bit. So how yeah. did you... Now that we're kind of on your fitness journey, <laughs> um, how did you get to LA? Because I don't think I know this. Um... So, okay. So I lived in Santa Clarita when I was a kid because my dad is an actor. So my mom is oh, okay. a casting director. My dad is an actor. Yes. Wow. What a power team. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm a little bit of a, a, an industry child. Uh, <laughs> just a little bit. My parents literally met in a catering tent. Shut up. It's super cute. That's adorable. They were actors on the same. My mom hates act. She accidentally, but this podcast is now about my parents. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was an actress on this movie that my dad was also acting on. And they just like, she saw him in the catering tent and sat down in front of him and was like, hi, I'm Angelique. And like, so it began. Oh yeah. my God. She's ballsy. I like her. I know. <laughs> I was like, Oh mom. She was like, what? I liked him. That's adorable. Okay. Uh, so you came from that background. So I came from that background. So we moved to Santa Clarita. Um, in like when I was a kid so that my dad could act, but also they could raise a child. And then we moved away to New Mexico um, when I was like nine and then I came back a few years ago, um, I came back, I moved to LA by myself when I was 17. I was a senior in high school. Um, just cause it was like, you know, when you know, you know, and it was just sort of the right time to make the move. You moved yourself as a senior in high school or the logistics of that. Where did you live? Um, I lived in a little one bedroom. I found like the greatest deal ever. And I was in a one bedroom bungalow in Burbank and it was like super quiet and safe. And my mom, uh, came back and forth all the time. So it was basically like I was roommates with my mom. (laughs) Well, we already Uh, know we like her. So we love mom. And, uh, and, but it was really fun and it was really sweet. Cause I was also like scared to do any, like I was scared to like leave my apartment at two o'clock in the afternoon. Cause I was like, I'm going to get mugged. Right. Cause you know, it's, I grew up in the country and whatever. So no, the uh, city fear is, yeah. Real. Like city fears and just so many like people and you know, um, so yeah. Interesting. Okay. So you came back for high school. Did you go to like a performing arts school? Did you go to a regular high school? No. So, okay. I grew up, so I, 
went to like regular charter school my whole life. And then I did my freshman year of high school and I was like, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> this is not for me. Peace. Did you go to a public Goodbye. high school? Um, I went, no, it was it? tiny. It oh, was like okay. a tiny, tiny charter school. I was just like, not young people have never been my crowd. Like all my whole life. <laughs> I was like, I just hate young people. Get me away from them. I grew up in my mom's office. Like literally when I was eight years old, she bought me for my birthday. She bought me, um, a Disney princess tent with a blow up mattress in the bottom. Uh-huh. And she put it in the corner of her office. So actors would walk in and they would see like their space and then like her desk and the camera and that space. And then like in the corner, they would see this like giant pink princess tent. And that was me. And I would sit in there and I would listen to all the auditions and I would like know the actors coming in and I would like pop my head out and give opinions. And my mom was like, that's nice. Oh my God. So, and then, you know, and then I started like working with her. And you did um, this in New Mexico too? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so my mom was casting in LA and then she started casting also in New Mexico when we moved. So I, I just grew up in her office. Like when I was eight, I would be in the princess tent. And then like when I was, I think like 10, I started just sort of like watching, you know, and like running camera or like running people in and out and doing stuff like that. And then I started like a lot of acting from early on. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then I think when I was like in middle school, I started like sitting in on callbacks, which is kind of, that was the biggest thing for me as an actor to like see the decisions get made. Uh Right. Cause that's the biggest, like to so many actors casting is this like big, huge, mysterious, crazy, like obstacle that keeps you from your dreams. But like when you know about it, it's really just like three friendly people who are like really excited to eat lunch, you know, <laughs> like it's just like three friendly people. Like, should we go to, yo- do you think we're going to make it to yoga later? What do you want? Chipotle? Like <laughs> that's really what it is. Like it's just like friendly people there to help you. And sometimes they're not that friendly and that's not your fault, but like uh-huh. that's, you know, so that's really all it is. But to see like when the decisions get made was like the biggest thing for me as an actor. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, like it takes all the mystery out. And you're like, it, you see how much it doesn't have to do with you. Which is both freeing and terrifying because it's like right. 90% not up to you, not even, not even like about you, you know, which yeah. is like great to see and also kind of daunting because you're like, well, literally all I can do is the best I can and then I just have to walk away. Like I just have to let it go. What types of things were their biggest decision makers? I mean, I remember one time my mom was casting this pilot and she did the location casting. So all the series regulars came out of L.A. Um, and she was, like, filling in the rest of the cast. And she did all of her – like, they were casting at the same time. And she did all of her auditions. And they did all the callbacks and all the everything. And they, like, got down to their selections. And they had, like – it's New Mexico, so they have a lot of, like, you know, dark-featured people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they came back, the, like, the next week or something, and L.A. casting – like showed them the series regular picks and it was all people with like dark eyes and dark hair. So they were like, Oh no, no, no. We need only redheads and only blondes. So suddenly every single person who like was pinned, got close, had a call back that they felt really good about. Like they were gone for absolutely no reason that was in their control. Uh, and, but, and the thing is like, they don't ever tell you that, you know, like, right. Those people had no idea. Like somebody could could have been sitting there, you know, thinking like, oh my gosh, I thought it went so well. I, I, I was pinned for this. Now I'm not like what happened. And it's just, it's that they needed somebody with red hair because the eight people who like are on contract also have brown hair. It's just like, <laughs> it's just like, it's just work. Right. You know? It's like a puzzle and it's piecing it together. Yeah. And it sucks because part of it, it's like, it's, there's a side of it where it's like, it's just business. And then there's a side of it that it's like, yeah, but it's my dream. Right. And also, though, it's my only goal in life. Yeah. So <laughs> it's the only passion that I have. So coming from a young age, knowing that, how do you take that into your work now? Like we're getting real deep right away. But um, yeah, I mean, it's hard because everybody, you know, like feelings are feelings. And even though I've seen those things, like, of course, I'm I have the exact same thing that every actor has where it's like, what did I do? What didn't I do? Oh my gosh, I should have, you know, when you like go and you do an audition and you try not to do it, but you like replay it over and over again in your head. And you're like, how could I have done better when she looked at me on the page? When I said this line, like, what was she thinking? What was in her eye? You know, where you're like, do you ever black out a little when you go into audition? Oh yeah. Sometimes I leave and I'm like, I have no idea what just happened. You're like, I hope it was okay. Did I say? Did I say the right words? I did I introduce myself? Properly? It's like when you write a text really fast and you're like, I don't remember typing the word the. 
Yeah. I guess I did. You look back, you read it, you're like, oh, that makes no sense. No. <laughs> yeah, that that's all that's happened to me before. I feel like I've also just had some where I walk in and I'm like, from the second I I walk in, I'm like, okay, so this is just not gonna go well. That's fine. <laughs> that's okay. Just, just one of those. Reading the room, just how you feel. Just I feel like I've just had some where it's like they're just not in your favor. Where like you walk in and like, I don't know, I'm kind of a clumsy person. So like <laughs> I trip or like I can't like you know what I mean? Like I hand them like my signs instead of my headshot and then I'm like, oh wait, no, sorry. And then they're like, <laughs> stand on the mark, and there are two marks and you just like stand on the wrong one. You know, where you're Every like, time. okay, it's fine. It's whatever. It's not happening. Yeah. So then for you translating that into your own work and then you're out in LA, you know a great deal more than a lot of actors know. Yeah. You're young, you finish high school. What do you decide to do next? Um, I mean, I just knew, so I was in a good position where like I had put, I had gotten a manager before I made the move to LA. I started doing like a back and forth thing. Um, the year, a few months before I like signed a lease. Okay. And then I came to L.A. in January, uh, right before pilot season, and I, like, made the move. And so I already had a manager, so that was kind of the biggest thing for me was that, like... How did you get that manager before? It was this, like, weird mishmash of just, like, you know, somebody that I had met, like, years ago who happened to be, like, oh, what is she doing now? And I ha- like, he happened to come across my mind, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I wonder if he knows anybody that needs client you know what and it was like through another actor friend of mine that was like oh my manager this guy and I was like oh I was just thinking about reaching out to you know it was just like a weird Mm -hmm. chain of events where it was like meant to be and then did you reach out via email how did Um, yeah so it was like it was through um it was somebody that my mom knew so it was like she and I reached out to him we were just like sent him my stuff and we were like hey uh if you know anybody who's looking for somebody of this type like, please let us know. I'm going to be in LA this time. This is my plan. And he emailed back and he was like, that's so funny. Cause I just looked you up and I'm looking for a client. That's exactly your type. And I was going to ask you if you needed representation. Wow. So it was very like the stars aligned. Okay. That's not typical guys. Him. Just that so you know, never happens. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't ever, ever happen. But you know, the more people I talk to, the more I realize that the standard advice of, you know, here's how you get a manager here's how you get an agent a b c it's none of that yeah it's just you end up at the right place at the right time you meet someone who wants to recommend you uh when you say you sent him your stuff at the time did you have a reel did you have i did it wasn't huge i mean that's the thing is that like i had been um yeah i mean i had a reel but it wasn't like because i started acting so i started acting in a local market which Mm -hmm. is a little it's very very different than just like starting in l.a Um, so I had like smaller roles and they were all like spaced out from the time that I was very young. So like, I didn't have a whole lot of current footage, but I just put together what I did have. Um, and And you put it together yourself, like on your computer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that detail because I think, uh, a lot of times, even when I first came out here, I thought everything had to be some production. Like I thought I had to hire someone. I had, everything had to be the best quality, but really, it's as simple as iMovie on your computer. Oh, yeah. I'm a very <laughs> DIY actor. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm like, self-tapes. I'm like, no, nah, I can just sit on my bathroom floor. It'll be fine. <laughs> like, which is not the best advice. Do not do that. <laughs> but... That's that's the mindset that I come from. So no, yeah, my reel was like, <clears throat> like I put it together with my mom, and we would have like my friends watch it and be like, "Does that seem good?" And you know, like yeah. it was like one of those. But you had a good source with your mom having been a casting director. Yeah, you had a solid. Yeah, I it's think not that, like a lot of people's moms were like, "Oh, honey, you're great. No <laughs> my child is amazing," which she is not immune to. By the way, <laughs> she is very much my mother. But you know, so yeah, it was very. It was like. It was that sort of, it was all do it yourself, sort of like putting the reel together and like even, even my headshots, like my best friend's mom shot them. Oh, cool. You know? Okay, cool. So it is very like, we found all the ways to do, uh, to kind of avoid the like big production of things when you don't need it, you know? Cause it's yeah. all like, it's, I feel like things like your headshot and your reel are just sort of supposed to like tastefully and uniquely put on a platter like who you are 
it's a little like sampler plate of who you are and who you can be. So it doesn't need to be this like big, huge, sparkly thing. It's just sort of like, this is, this is what I have so far. And if you're interested, like, then I'll give you the big sparkly show, mm-hmm. which is my talent. <laughs> not my talent. I'm not. Like, I'm Absolutely. Not. <laughs> it is your talent. <laughs> but you know. So, no, I love that. I actually love that. Um, I love that analysis. <laughs> so when you started coming out here for pilot season mm-hmm. and you, <laughs> I can't imagine, because when I first got out here, uh, pilot season was almost, it's, you know, how it's been kind of like on its way out, the mm. massive pilot season. Yeah, yeah. Did you have that? Did you, as we're, you know, beginning of January here, yeah. like, did you have that, like, going out all the time, blah, blah, blah? Yeah, classic? so I had, so before, actually, so before I put, before I got my manager, I had come out like the f- a year, I can't remember if I did it two years or just one, but I came out before that. Um, and I didn't really have representation and that was really hard because I literally like was here. It was like staying, I was couch surfing for like a month, a month and a half, you know, and I like got three auditions and I didn't know what I was doing and it was so difficult. Uh, and then once I got with him, once I got with my manager, then we, then I, that was my first sort of like intense pilot season, um, which was like, great. It's just also like, if you're not prepared for that it's it can swallow you whole okay what do you mean like what kind of intensity like you know when I it was like it was like there was a time that I had like over seven auditions in a week I mean and that was just like that was like the pre-pilot season craziness and you know they're all like seven pages 12 pages you know two to four scenes but pick pick the two that you like best actually no sorry we're gonna do scenes one and two I'm sorry that you picked I'm sorry that you prepared three and four but these are the ones we're gonna do have all of them prepared actually we're just doing the first page of the first scene thank you very much you know so it's just like over and over and over and over again and you don't get to live but like that's what I was ready for like I came in with a very like I have the tiger sort of mindset where I was like I'm here to work and like so that's exactly what I was prepared for. Like everyone told, cause everybody told me they're like, it's going to be a lot. You're going to yeah. be very overwhelmed. And I came in like, put it on my plate. I came right. in like, I want like, give me, give me all the overwhelming things that you can. Cause like, that's what I'm prepared for. And I didn't like have a life aside from that, but I was ready at least for yeah. that. And it was so hard. <laughs> it was so hard. How it did was you, awful. How did you deal with that? How did you deal with, because that's <sighs> not just like, little bit auditions it sounds like those were like legit parts so that was like more preparation how did you go from day to day and feel prepared and also how did you take care of yourself it was just (laughs) I mean I really like I I don't think I handled it very well (laughs) okay skip question just kidding taking risks no I mean I just like I was just so focused that was my like that's the best way to describe it was I was just really really focused like I had I had this walk-in closet and it had one of those little like string lights on it that you would click on and literally like, like a horror movie yes okay <laughs> <laughs> it felt a lot more pleasant than that <laughs> but like I would go in my walk-in closet and I would literally like sit there and just like highlight my stuff and I would just like run it over and over because I was also very like there are some actors who you see that just kind of like glance at a page and then they're like oh got it and they like riff And especially at the time, like, I was just so, it was my first year, and I was young, and I was so, like, just really, like, nervous about making a good impression in every room that I walked into and, you know, doing a good job for, like, my new team. And that it was just sort of, like, um, I just really had to, like, enclose myself and, like, make sure that I was doing the best job that I could. And it really, really pushed me, and it really stretched me. But I feel like it built a good foundation inside of me to be able to like handle you know those things now where it's like I can have my life and I can do auditions whereas like at the time I had just moved and all I did was auditions but that was okay because that was exactly like what I needed you know better because then you didn't have any distractions I didn't I didn't have any distractions and like you know what I mean I still had like friends and stuff but I didn't have like such a such a life where it's like I was missing out somewhere you know, like it was like I had just enough where like I could socialize and be sane, but I also like could really just give myself to my craft. And then like and now it's leveled out where I feel like I don't need to like kill myself every single time. Mm-hmm. But I still know that like I'm doing the job I'm doing, like I'm doing a good job and I'm giving it everything that I can. And also I get to be who I am and I get to have the life that I want to live, you know, that's that's the dream. Yeah, it is. It's nice. It takes time, but 
you know, you get yeah. there. Yeah. I think that's a big point to emphasize too, like that finding that place where you can be yourself outside the room and inside an audition room yeah. without fear that you're like not fitting the description or not fitting the part or not. Being, I feel like that's like yeah. such a scary place to try and figure out. And it took, God, it's still taking me a long time to figure it out. Yeah. It's, it takes, well, and two, I feel like I used to, it, I, like, it really just did feel so do or die for me. Like every room that I walked into was determining my future. Ooh, I don't like that. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got stressed feeling that. <sighs> yeah. No, it's not true, by the way. It is not true. <laughs> but, like, I, I'm i free of that feeling now where I can walk into a room and feel like, what? not like whatever, but I can just feel like I'm going to be myself and there's so much that's not in my control that, like, all I can do is just be me and feel how I feel right now and do the best job that I can. And aside from that, like, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And, like, you know, it's the actor syndrome to worry about, like, I'm never going to get an audition again. I'm never going to get another part. Like, everything is going to fall apart. And it's like, yeah, that could happen, but it doesn't. You know, like, for no, we all go through really slow periods where we're like, see, everything is falling apart. But it's like, it, you know, it's a pendulum. Like, it always comes back. So it's like, all you can do is go in and do your thing. And that's it. And that's, like, true for everybody, you know. So I feel like that's also, and I feel like I've found that I do better work in that when I have that mentality, especially in an audition, because I feel like auditions are so they're weird. Auditions are the weirdest thing ever. They suck. Like on the planet. It's so weird to like come in. First of all, acting is just ridiculous. But (laughs) it's true. It's crazy. We're just crazy people. But like acting is already super weird. And then you come in and auditions are even weirder because it's like you walk into this like box where these people are sitting behind it it's literally like the room is built to judge you almost it's, it's such a little temporary office like, yeah it's always thrown together yes or or if it's like worse when it is somebody's office then you're like oh I'm in your house it feels you know what I mean like uh-huh. it's like I'm in your space and you're supposed to like feel comfortable and it's just so there's some odd big network auditions where you go into someone's office where you just stand in front of their desk and do auditions I don't know if, I'm sure you've had some like that so I mean I've had pre-reads like that where I've like that was what threw me off I feel like really in my first couple pilot seasons where I, like they would just sit down as if we were going to chat and I'd be like Oh, you want me to act No, yeah, The same distance we are, like an arm's yeah. length distance. Absolutely. And they have all their stuff on their desk, and you, like, see their pictures. And, and sometimes so there's no camera. In. Yes. That I was the weirdest thing to me. I think it's NCIS. That, if, mm-hmm. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, on this, but I believe I, the last time I went for NCIS, I was standing in front of the guy's desk, but there was no camera. There was no nothing. It was just him and me talking over his desk. Yeah. I was like, is this – am I getting punked? <laughs> like, is this – It's so weird because I feel like there's – you know, acting is this, like, and everybody has a different mentality about it and about how to do it. But, like, I feel like there's something that's got to give you, like, the, to draw the line of, like, now it's happening. You know what I mean? To give you a signal of, like, now this world is taking shape that mm-hmm. you've created in your mind that you, ha- that you have on the paper. You know, because there's this, like, universal, like, sort of weird little reality that everybody knows about that, like, at some point you all enter together. And I feel like without the camera being there, it's, like, so do I, I act now, I guess, in yeah. front of you? Where's the, like, where's the line drawn there? And that, like, to me, that's just really weird because I'm all about mentality. So it's like that, to, the first time that happened to me, I was so thrown off. I just sat down in her dad. And I think I, like, she had, like, a big cozy chair, so I just kind of, like, sunk down in it and, like, said the words and, like, acted with my face, but nothing else. Like, it was just very weird. So how do you prepare for auditions now that you've been around the block for a little bit? Oh, gosh. You've done some work. You've seen some things. So is there is there a specific way you do it? Is everything different? I I think it's just different every time. Like, because honestly, I'm, to me, just some click and just some don't. And, like, I think that was the thing, too, was that I used to just, like, kill myself over the ones that didn't click. Because it's really frustrating. And sometimes they're, like, really, really good. And, you know, and, like, you're sometimes, like, your manager will call you and be like, this is a really great one. Like, I really want you to do well this time. And you're like, oh, do well this time. Got it. Right. Like, we really need to get this one. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh, cool. I wasn't trying to get the last 17. (laughs) Right. I'll try to get this one. Thank you for telling me. You know, where it's like you have that, that 
like pressure and that mentality of like, oh, this time I need to do really good. And if it's not clicking, it's just like, you know, it's like making friends. Like the chem- if the chemistry isn't there, it's just not there. Um, and so to me, it sort of like starts in that place where like, how well do I vibe with something? And then like, I have a coach, um, that I coach with. So like that really, really helped for a long time and, um, still helps. And like, will you tell us who your coach is? Amy Jo Berman. Okay. Is her name. Um, she and I just like, we coach over Skype, but I've been coaching with her for a long time and she's really, she's a casting director. And so she has like, she's great for auditions cause she can like see, cause you know, there's like a technicality about, auditions and that's what I was saying about why they're so weird like auditions are weird because they're not actually like just acting right you know like it's when you're like on a job or when you're like actually shooting you get to play with it and you get to like try it different ways and you get to like have an open conversation with you and the people behind the camera and collaborate and you get props and a backdrop exactly (laughs) like you're in the actual space and you have the clothes and you know that like you're there and you're doing it and it's for real and you have just like room you Mm -hmm. know you have room to to do things but like in an audition room you don't have that like it's really just sort of like it's like like a paint sample where you're like this is what I think right and like that's it and that's your only opportunity a paint sample oh I love that it's true it's like picking painting walls got a lot of metaphors I love that (laughs) love it but it's true where it's like you just have to like walk in like they'll like hold you up to the wall and be like is this the paint that we think we want for the entire room maybe maybe not you know like it's just not really a fair not that they can make it more fair but it's just like really weird to sit in front of a wall and be like act now right where you're like hmm okay so it's hard but like amy is great because she sees that side of like well you know with a project like this or with material like this you know, you can fall into this sort of thing that everyone is going to fall into, so don't do that. Or, like, you know, this is a great place to show. She's almost more, like, strategic in that way mm-hmm. um, as far as auditioning goes. It's, such is, a, it's like a technical sport. It really is. Uh, yeah, honestly. Because how, how in that small amount of time are you supposed to show that you can encompass everything, you know, for a full character? Like, it's really, that's a really difficult thing to do. Like, the the odds are just really <laughs> not slim. A, not in your favor. <laughs> but, well, you know, so, yeah. Let's talk about <clears throat> an audition that went well. Can yes. you talk about, like, your Legion audition? Yes. Do you remember some details from that? Yeah, it was actually a very weird... Again, this does not happen. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, it was really weird. It was, again, like a chain of events. Um, I was... So, I was... I just had, like, a co-star role on this series in Atlanta... Um, and I was there for like a couple days. I got this tape. I had like two tapes to do and I was super, super stressed out about it. Um, and I was just in one of those periods where I like felt down about everything. It was another pilot season and I was like, this is just really hard. And like, I haven't booked anything in so long and like, what's going to go on? Like what's happening with my life? Uh, and so I just sort of like did this one tape and then I did another one and it was, and then I like, I did the first tape and then I did the tape for Legion and I didn't know anything about it. Like all that I knew was that it was three pages of dialogue uh, which never get get used in the show, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's, like, never been in... They just wrote that for the audition. Um, and I knew that Noah Hawley's name was on it, and I knew that it said Marvel. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I just... So I did the second... So I did... So we were just... We were in Atlanta, and I did my, like, Legion tape, and it was just one of those that, like, I had looked at a little bit on the plane, and I looked at it in the car... Um, and I sat down and I sat with it for a second and then I got up to do it and it just like, it clicked. It was just like the chemistry was there. It was just one of those that it was like, mm-hmm. I remember cause I did the first one and I was like, Oh, whatever. It was one of those ones that you like struggle through and you're like, fine, yeah. I, it's fine. It's, I'm sure we have it. Yeah. First take, whatever. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, or you do, or for me, I'll like do them over and over and over again. And then I'm like, whatever it's it, third, just pick the third <laughs> take. I don't know. I don't care anymore. Like it was like that. And then I did the one for Legion and it just like, it just clicked and I, felt it and like I was doing it with my mom and we both looked at each other and we were like oh oh do you want to try it again yeah sure and it was just like fun and I just like did it again for fun and then I did another one and I like played with it and then I did another one and just to do it differently and see what would come up um and it was just one that like really just made sense inside of like you know inside of my heart and uh and we sent it off and even like you know it came back from my team where they were like hey that was really that was really strong and I was like thank you and um I had been in so like 
the casting director who was casting it, I had just like almost tested for a big project that she was doing. Um, and then that didn't go through. And then that project had come about because of like this casting director who had known my parents when they were actors oh and like God. wanted to just like sort of bring me in for this thing. Cause she like heard I had moved to LA and was like, oh, let's see what she like. Let's see what she's got. Let's see what's going on with her. So like, that was a weird like thing already. Uh, and then, yeah. And then we like sent off my tape and, um, a few, like a couple weeks later, something, um, just random. Th- like I just got a call one afternoon and they were like, Hey, they want to do a test deal with you off your tape. And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah. So we started doing my test deal off of my tape and we did the test deal for maybe like a week. And then all of a sudden I got a call at like nine o'clock one night and they were like, actually, cause they were just going to test off my tape. And they're like, actually they want to bring you in tomorrow at noon to test in person. And I was like, Oh, and you were back in LA at this time. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> Because again, I'm about preparation. So I was like, um, (laughs) great, cool. That's only a few hours. Sure. Were you doing the same sides? Yeah. But it was like, at that point, it had been weeks, you Uh know? So I was like, oh. And then, you know, and then I got on the phone with Noah, who's the creator of the show. And he was in Calgary shooting Fargo. So he had to call me at like 1030 at night and be like, you know, I just wanted to give you a couple notes and whatever. And we kind of talked about it. And I was just like very, like, I just tried to like play it super cool. But I was like freaking out (laughs) on the inside because I was like, to get so close to have it taken away. Oh, my God. Um, and so I went in the next day and like, and I tested with, um, Rana Cross as the casting director. So I went in and I tested with Rana and like, she pushed me. It was, it was the best, I think, but it was also weird for a test cause it was just her and I, Oh, which was really great. That's really nice. Like that was just, she is such a warm, wonderful person. Um, and she just like creates such a safe environment where like you just feel safe with her and you trust her and you feel like she's like fighting for you. That's you amazing. Know? So that was a great room to walk into. Um, and she and I just went in there. And of course I was like, I was nervous. Like I've never been nervous in my life. Like I just, I couldn't feel my feet and like yeah. I just, my adrenaline was pumping and my hands were shaking. Um, and we just like did it and she pushed me and we like tried different things and she was just so on my team. Um, and we just, did, I can't like, I don't even remember how many takes we did so many, so many. And like by the end I walked out and I sat in my car and I called my manager and he was like, you don't sound like you feel good about it. And I was like, I'm just really tired. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just so, I was like, we did it. And I think, if it, and she said, don't think of us. We'll think of you, which like terrified me. I walked out of the room and she was like, don't think of us. We'll think of you. And I was like, what does that mean? That is very not descriptive. I know. <laughs> she was like trying to make me feel better, but I was just like, so just, I couldn't take it anymore at the time. And I, I think I had another audition after that, like a couple hours later. And I was like, literally I went in there and I like, couldn't, I'd like maybe I just held the paper the whole time. And I said maybe like three words. Right. And I was like, sorry, I just, I done for today. <laughs> like I have to go to bed, you know? Cause I just like, it just took everything out of me. I was so tired. No, after auditions, I always feel like I need a nap. Yeah. Especially that kind of level. I can't imagine. It was just so, it was just such a high pressure situation, entirely self-inflicted, but it always is. Um, yeah. So there was that. And then, and then, um, and then a few days later, I think we got, it was like three or four days that were like the longest days of agony. It was such a long time. Wow. It was, I think it was three days. And it How was just, did you deal with that time period? Because that's a, that feeling is so heavy on the soul. It was so, I feel like I've, you know, talking about like blacking out in audition rooms. I feel like I blacked out for that time in my life. <laughs> like I just, I don't think I like, I, I think I just tried to keep myself busy, but, and I think I had like a couple auditions and I just like tried to see my friends and I was just so like, I re- oh, I have family in Vegas. So I went to Vegas to see my family. Like I just did everything I could to like not think about it. And I just remember, I just remember the feeling like I felt it in my bones and I remember like going to bed and waking up and I remember, you know, constantly being like, have you, have we heard anything? Have we heard anything? Um, and just like wanting it so bad and, and just really like prayed a lot and just like (laughs) feeling like, you know, that it's out of your hands that, cause that's the biggest thing is that like everybody should just feel like. Once it's out of your hands, it's out of your hands, you know, and that's hard because we want to like control things and feel like, you know, we can change it afterwards. And like, you can always learn, but you can't like change what you did. You know, that's like, like as soon as I walk out of an audition room, literally in 
the waiting office, I throw my sides out, like, in the trash can. You do that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I walk out of the room, and I'm like, somebody take these away from me. <laughs> I don't want them anymore. They can't do anything. So it's like, letting go, for me, is the biggest thing after you walk out of the room. Yeah. Um. So I just did my best to, like, let go, but hold on. So then it happened. So then it happened. Yes. So awesome. Yeah. It was great. And then we went, and we, like, shot. And that was, you know, that was my first, like, it's my first like real, real job. Um, and so it was the kind of the first time that I was introduced, like having, you know, a real say in anything. Like I remember I was in my first fitting or no, I was in like my first couple fittings. And I remember like the producers came in, um, to like, show them kind of what we had so far. And, and, you know, I was like, what do you think? And, Noah, the show creator, looked at me and he was like, well, what do you think? And I was like, oh my gosh, I have an opinion. Oh, wow. I was like, whoa, I get to, I get to have a say in this, which I was like not prepared for, you know? So it's also just sort of, it kind of feels like graduate school of acting, you know? Cause I'm not like one of the top casts, but I'm also like still in the cast. So it's just sort of this like great place of, of kind of learning and watching like the more senior actors on the show kind of do you know navigate this so gracefully and everyone else on the show is so so great yeah um and we all have such a good team environment like we're all there to collectively like make the best art that we can and support each other in doing that and being like we're all very much there to like do our jobs and do it pleasantly and be like how can I help you like what can I do do you need me to leave you alone do you need me to run sides with you do you want me to get you a snack like (laughs) do you want to walk over to crafty with me is that what you need right now because like I'm going so let's go get some hummus like you know we're all there to support each other and it's just it's really nice that way so like to watch everyone do that I just feel like I've just learned so much and I've grown so much since like, I mean, we're shooting the second season now we're almost done. And from like today to the pilot, I'm a completely, completely different person and actor like both That's just awesome. from getting through. Cause I feel, cause I was just like, you know, I loved it, but also like, you're just so like, I was just so scared all the time. Like I was just yeah. like terrified of everything. Cause it's, the first it's a time. big shoe to fill. Yeah. All of a sudden. And also the word Marvel attached to anything has such connotation. <sighs> yeah. I mean that it's weird because it doesn't feel like a Marvel show. Like I think we all forget that it's a Marvel show, honestly, which is really great. Yeah. Cause it's so, you know, like focused on, it's really like Noah's show. Um, and it's all sort of focused on like the story that he wants to tell and the, the way he wants to tell it and the art that we're making. And it's a very collaborative environment which is really great. And that That's can be awesome. really scary. That makes me like it even more. <laughs> it's really great. Cause it's like, it's, it's the best, most encouraging place that you could be. Especially like for me as my first series, it's just like when you first get in that, you're like, Oh my gosh. Cause there's room for failure, you know? And like, even if you do fail, like I remember the first season I had an idea and it just like, it tanked. It was awful. <laughs> like we did it and it like took time and everybody like th- affected like three different departments and like they had already set up and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but wouldn't, wouldn't this be cool? And everyone was like, okay, we'll try it. And like we did it over and over and it just wasn't working. And I was like, this is awful. This is awful. I'm going to jump off a cliff. Oh my gosh. Like my idea, it's failing. <laughs> the ship is sinking. The ship is sinking. And it was fine. Like I had an idea and it tanked and like nobody died. We were great. So it was just like, you know, learning stuff like that where you're like, oh, it's safe to like have ideas and it's safe to speak up and use my voice and like everything is going to be fine, you know, just like learning things like that. Cause at first when you're like, you know, cause I think you always want to say like, you know, for me, like I always want to say the right thing, especially like I'm fortunate to work with people that I admire and respect you know, like I look at them as being, you know, more talented than I am. And like, obviously they're more experienced than I am. So it's like, I want to, you know, like I want, I want to be at that level. Like I want to push myself to like earn that level. Yeah. Um, and so there's sort of like, I think a self-inflicted pressure to like do or say the right thing or like be the right, you know, sort of actor or whatever. And like, just through trial and error, it's like that mindset kind of like, uh, puts like self-inflicted fear and so you're not like organically having your thoughts and you're not organically like having opinions because you're scared you're gonna like say the wrong thing you're gonna look stupid but once you actually do like have your own thoughts and opinions and some of them work and some of them make you look stupid you're like oh it's okay because because then you also get into this area where you're like oh these great people that I really admire they have ideas that don't work also 
yeah. you see like people that you look up to have ideas that don't work and you're like, oh my gosh, everybody. Like it just put puts it on this field where you're like, nobody is, you know, an idol. Yeah. And I think it's so like, I, I think like so many people get idolized in this, like in this industry, you know, for, for the work that you see them do. And I think it's ignored how much, uh, failure is behind the product of what you see, you know, like you see something that you go like, Oh my gosh, that is phenomenal. They made that. They're not real. They're incredible, blah, blah, blah. But like behind that is a lot of bad ideas and a lot of failure that everybody, you know, it's just like what you happen to see is an edited piece of the project. Like people hate on Instagram for being like a highlight reel of life. Like, so is everything else, <laughs> you know, like a movie okay, is a highlight like reel. Too many pull quotes from this <laughs> episode. I love that. You it's know? true. It's true. That's why every time I leave the room during a movie or TV show, <laughs> Caleb's like, um, they picked this scene for you to watch. You have to see this. <laughs> Okay, I'll be right back. You're like, fine. I guess I'll come to death. Fine. I mean, that is a good point. Yeah. <laughs> now I feel like I can't do my laundry and watch TV at the same time. <laughs> Thanks, Caleb. Thanks a lot. Blame it for everything. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, so how do you keep, uh, and this can be as short as you want it to be, how yeah. do you keep yourself um, healthy and going between... Uh, I feel like you're like, talk less. <laughs> No, never, never, ever on this podcast. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> the less I talk, the better the episode. Um, how do you keep yourself healthy mm. and um, maintained while you're filming? Mm. We talked a little bit about this in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but if you want to elaborate on anything specifically. If so, there's any, like, detail. Like, I yeah. love detail. Okay. I mean, I feel like, honestly, like I said, I'm still really finding it for myself. Um, I'm about sort of, like, structure and pattern. So, like, if I get up... You know, fortunately, like, the studio that we shoot at is literally four minutes away from Brick. Oh, sweet. So I get to, like, if, you know, I I can, I'm just in a really fortunate position where, like, I'm four, I'm a four-minute drive away from my gym, so I can usually make a class. Or, like, if I've, you know, if I don't, if I miss a class in the morning, but I'm not going into, like, three, I can go to open gym and just, like, sprint on the treadmill or mm-hmm. something like that, you know, to me. So it's, like, you know, I try to, I work out, like, five or six days a week, um, if I can, if I'm working, it like gets harder. But I feel like on the days that I don't work out, I'm just more conscious of like what and how much I'm eating. Um, I'm usually paleo. Like that's what I found is best for my body. Okay. Um, I'm also like I have Native American genetics. Like I was talking to my dad about this. And the first on that side, the first generation to actually have like processed foods their whole lives was my grandma. Wow. Aside from, like, before that, all of my ancestors literally ate paleo. Isn't that crazy? Like, That's just... so cool. Like, aside from that, like, my whole entire, like, genetic background, we would eat, like, buffalo and, like, some... I'm a Northern Plains Indian, so, like, you know, some, like, nuts and seeds and, like, fruits and vegetables. Literally. Literally. We didn't have, like, we didn't have... We weren't, like, farmers. We didn't do corn. We didn't have, like, bread or anything like that. So, like... The first, like, like bread got introduced to my genetic, uh, my lineage, like, my great-grandfather's generation. <laughs> so, so wow. like, for me, I think my body is just like, no, 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 none of that. Yeah, you're not adapted to that yet. Yeah, my body is very much not adapted to that. So I've just found that, like, you know, a paleo, uh, like, a mostly paleo uh, diet for me is kind of the best. And it makes me feel better. Like, I can just tell, like, my skin, my mood, I sleep better. You have great skin. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so it's like, I just, I can just tell, you know, my body is just, like, a lot happier when I'm paleo. And um, I just try to, like, do some sort of exercise, you know, like, five to six days a week. Even if it's just, like, um, like, before I joined Brick, I would, like, work out just, like, in my apartment for, like, ten minutes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do, like, an EMOM or, like, a quick AMRAP or just something like that where you're, like, Jumping squats and push-ups or sit-ups right. or whatever, just to like, so that you get your heart rate going. Um, you just have to move. Yeah. Like it's so much less complicated than people think it is. It really, and it doesn't need to be like this long, big, you know, like I know people who spend like three hours in the gym at 24 hour <laughs> fitness and I'm like, that? who has time for that? You can't do that. Like that's not a way to live, no. you know? So I just feel like I would, rather, and I too, I feel like on the days that you like, even if you do something, even if it's like 10 or 15 minutes, you feel more conscious of like, well, I worked I worked, so I don't want to lose what I worked for. Yeah. 
Um, so I feel like to me, it's just all sort of like that mentality. And then, you know, just like having your, I have sort of like planned, um, like snacks to keep me away from like cheats. Cause like the crafty table is such a situation. Oh my God. I talk to me about it. I love a crafty. I love it. Cause like <laughs> I have they bring such out, like, deep, the hot snacks. I know. <laughs> I know. And I have such a deep affection for snacks. Like. I just really, it's like, it's part of who I am, how much I love snacks. Like gas station <laughs> snacks are one of my favorite things in the world. So it's like a road trip. Oh my gosh. Yes. But like the kind where it's like, I can only do them every so often. Cause I'm like, get me gummy bears, get me Cheez-Its, get me chit. Like get, just get all of it. If it crinkles in a plastic them. bag, oh I want it right gosh. now. Oh my gosh. Yes. I want it right now. And that is what craft, crafty is that plus for some reason, always a large tub of red vines. Yes. I don't know why it's there, but I love it. Why? I don't like red vines, but like I'll eat oh, them sometimes. So I'm like, well, it's the thing. It's there. What, what kills me is like on our, uh, on our show, they go to my donut shop. I have one donut shop. That's like a hole in the wall in the Valley. Best donut shop ever. And they go there. Oh my God. We shoot in West Hollywood and they go to my donut shop in the Valley. And every single day, those freaking donuts are on the table. And I'm like, I hate you. Um, <laughs> I don't have any feelings about it. It's fine. Um, but yes, yeah, so I have sort of like, like, I go in, and, like, um, I'm very into tea, so I'll have, like, my, like, teas, and I'll have, like, caffeinated teas for, like, the beginning of the day, mm-hmm. and, like, okay, so not a coffee drinker. Okay. Not a big coffee drinker, but, like, I will drink coffee if it's there. Like, so, I'll, you know, like, I have, like, my drinks that I like, or, like, like I'm really into, like, LaCroix, and, like, mm-hmm. so I'll do LaCroix, or I'll have, like, they have, like, a little vegetable table, so I'll, like, get, like, vegetables with, like, some hummus, and I'll do that, like, and I'll have a roller, and, like, I do that, like once or twice or whatever in the day you know and like I know when lunch is so like I'll you know like just be conscious of like how much I want to snack and know like when lunch is coming you know to like fight that off or have my little like you know I'll eat like dark chocolate if I really need something or you know like stuff like that or I'll make they have like almond milk in there so I'll do like almond milk and um I make myself like chia seed pudding Mm, they have stuff to make chia seed pudding in there so I'll like do a chia seed pudding and you know what I mean like I feel like when I'm working and I like get really super like like I feel like oh no this this like nutrition shift is gonna like sink and crash (laughs) I feel like I'm more lenient with my like paleo foods like that like I'll Mm -hmm. eat like a chia seed pudding with like a banana and then I'll feel like I had something you know so it's like sort of giving yourself that where you feel like it's like you're I'm eating the crafty I'm enjoying myself but I'm also not eating the grilled cheese at 3 p.m. exactly (laughs) where you're like or or at like 9 p.m., you know, right. like when they bring out the like late, late snack Ugh, where you're going to wrap it like gooey. midnight, but then at like eight, but then at like 10, they'll like bring out something really terrible for you, like nachos. And you're like, like, why? Pizza. I know. Why? I know. Yeah. So it's just sort of giving yourself that where you feel like you had it and maybe like on a normal day you wouldn't, but it's mm-hmm. still like better than, you know, like giving yourself that and not killing yourself over it. Okay. Do you, do you meditate? Do you do anything like for yourself? Do you said anything mm. like other like, like that um yeah I've actually just started getting into meditation but like um yeah like meditation and I'll do like I do like devotionals and stuff in the okay. morning and I have like my time I definitely have like my time to myself where I like sit in the peace of like just sort of like sit in peace and like center myself and make sure that everything you know like feels good and I carry that because I think that's so important to like have your just peace, you know, like when you walk around with your own peace and you feel it first, like, cause it can only come from you and then it battles all the, there's so much chaos, you know? Yeah. And, and even like going into an audition room and like not being able to control what's happening there. Like there's so much you're going to walk into on a set that could go wrong and will go wrong. And it's also not, uh, in your control, but it will affect you. So to just have that, like, meditation the devotionals whatever it is that like you do to just sort of like center yourself and mm-hmm. like ground yourself before you go out yeah absolutely even if it's just like sitting in my trailer and like listening to music yeah. and looking over my sides and like having that and I feel like I just listen to myself because sometimes it's like I call it my box like oh they put me in my box my trailer <laughs> and like because sometimes you're just like in there for a really long time yeah. and it's like that can be really great and you can like nap or just listen to music or whatever and sometimes I feel like no 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 I don't like I you know like I need I want to go out I want to talk to people I want to see what's happening a little on edge like I'm like any minute now they're gonna knock on the door yeah any minute now and I'm like like I start to relax and I'm like oh it's gonna be now and I'm not gonna be ready okay dress is getting wrinkled yeah exactly (laughs) so it's like just also just like I just feel like I listen to myself 
in that capacity where I'm like, if I feel like I want to go outside and just like drink my tea and look at a tree and talk to whoever passes by, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Or if I feel like I'm not in the mood to talk to anyone, like I'm going to put in my headphones and I'm going to like just sit there. Even if they like want to call me out, I'll like not be, not ever be rude, but just like, you know, like keep to yourself if you yeah. feel like that's what's best for you. Cause ultimately like you're there to do your job and that's what everybody is there to do. And everybody should be there to support each other. So it's like, as long as you're like being a kind person and you're like <laughs> still doing your thing, like that's, you know, that's all I feel like you need to do. It's yeah. just like whatever's best for you, you know? Um, okay. I have just a few more questions. Yeah. This one, and you can say you don't want to answer this if you don't want to, but how is it being, cause you're a very like spiritual person. Mm-hmm. Um, how is that being in a world of mm. Hollywood, which is not a very, um, god friendly place no i I love it yeah i love that question okay i i grew so i grew up like i go to a church called mosaic um that i'm really involved at yeah yeah um and also like but i grew up like traditional like lakota that way Mm -hmm. um and so my like i'm just very i don't know i love like I just, I, I'm very like, I'm very rooted in my faith and I'm very like grounded in that and like faith, spirituality, whatever you want to call it. Cause to me, it's all, um, you know, like it's all the same. Yeah. Uh, it all comes from the same place. Like to me, it all just like comes from, you know, I call it God and like, I know that truth. And so to me, like, honestly, my whole career has been, um, a matter of faith. Like I've always known that it's larger than me. Like any, any room that I walked into, any part that I did or didn't get, like I knew that there was a greater hand on it and I knew that there was a greater purpose in it. So it's like, that's also why I think so much of it has been like, this has never happened. Cause it's like, it could only happen at the time that it was supposed to happen. And I just knew, like, I knew the direction that I was walking in, which was like to pursue an acting career. Mm-hmm. And I just knew that like, if I went at it with my full force, like a lot of doors are going to close, but eventually one was going to open and yeah. I was going to walk through it, you know? So it was just, so to me it was that, it was just like, to propel forward and like have faith and like listen. And, and so to me, it's like always been a matter of faith. Um, and to be in an environment where it's like not, you know, like there are not a lot of people that share that. Uh, it's interesting cause I feel like there are a lot of people who are open to like spirituality and things. Um, and so like they will have the conversation or maybe not, or maybe some people just brush it off. But like when I know that I have that truth and I have that peace, like, I feel like it's almost my job to just go there and have that presence. Cause I know that like with me, like I, like, I know that I always have company, you know, like mm-hmm. I know that like I always have God with me so that if I walk anywhere, like he's there. And so to me, it's almost just like my job to like be that light and like, let that flow through me. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a, a bigger part of like why I'm here and like why this is what I'm supposed to do is just not even spread like a word, but just spread like a feeling. Yeah. You know, of like light and joy and peace. Like, cause that's really all that anything is about is like, we're all just supposed to enjoy our lives and we're all just supposed to enjoy the world and like connect with each other. Yeah. So I think that that's like, if anything, like I'm, I'm been given like a small platform to just sort of like spread that, you know, to like infect other people with that, like, thing that I found inside of my heart and my soul and like give it to other people and, and also like, you know, spread it on, on a larger platform. Like I was just saying, uh, the other day that like when people, if it's three people or if it's 3 million people, like if people are looking at you and they're like listening to your words, like you should have something to say and you should know what you're saying and why, uh-huh. you know? And <laughs> so I not feel bad like, advice. yeah, like any, literally if it's like in your kitchen or if it's like <laughs> on the news, if people are listening, you should know what you're talking about. And so to me, it's like, that's the greater part of why, because like acting when you're on a job, there's, there's honestly very small, like a very small portion of the time. Are you actually acting? Of course. And the rest of it, like you're sitting there and you're talking to the people around you or you're like, you know, you're walking around and whatever. And then there's a whole nother side of it where it's like the, like you're promoting and whatever, which like, I don't do a whole lot of that, but it comes up and it's like in those moments is, is the opportunity to like be a good person and like make a difference, you know? So to me, it's like, that's the big part of it is I just like, even when faced with, um, a situation where I feel like I'm the odd man out. Like I know it's true. So I just hold on to what I believe. Yeah. Cause I know that, you know, the feeling is greater than, than the idea. I like that. 
it's it's nice to touch on because I feel like so many people in LA as a culture were all very open to talking about the universe and spirituality. Yeah. But if you say the word God, yeah. like everyone like closes up. It closes up. Exactly. And I think that it should be so much more open than that. Like I'm still figuring out what I believe in my life. Yeah. But I don't think that means that I shouldn't listen to other people. And yeah. it's not like you're like <laughs> door to door. Yeah. <laughs> you know what like, I mean? Excuse me. Can I tell you about? No. But I think I think giving yourself uh, a grounding point, of whatever that may be, yeah. in this world is just so important. So I definitely wanted to talk on that. Yeah. Because that's, part, I know, a big part of you. It is. It's huge. Because to me, what I found is just that like, it's just about like listening and being, because like you can give it whatever labels you want. But like there is somebody there who's like working in your favor and taking care of you and orchestrating the big things in your life. Like guaranteed, whoever you are, whoever is listening, I can guarantee you that, Mm -hmm. that there is like a larger hand at work in your life. And if you just like talk to it and listen to it and trust it, even if you don't feel like you know how, it's okay. Like just if you like think about it, if you know it, if you work on it, if you trust it, trust is so huge in my faith. It's so, it's my biggest thing. Um, it's the biggest thing that I'm like working on and that I'm learning and that I'm growing in. But it's like, as long as you have that, you know, you, you just, you know that it's real. Like when you like choose to trust things and when you just choose, when you choose peace, like it also chooses you back. And the more that you engage with it, the more you find that it's true. So like to me, that's why, cause I also used to not want to talk about it. I used to be like, Oh my gosh, no, people are going to judge me and whatever. And it's like, when it's true, it's true. So I know that it's true. Mm-hmm. And like I have peace and I have peace that like wherever I'm going to walk, whatever I'm going to say, like it's not, I'm not going to be guided to a place where like I'm going to like actually fail, you know, where I'm going to like actually just like fall flat on my face and like knock it up. Yeah. Yeah. And not ever get up. Like there are going to be struggles, but it's like, it's always, there's always a greater hand and every single person has that. And so I think like, it's just important that everybody, like no matter what stage you are in figuring it out, you might be like totally against that, but like, I just know that there's like a warm loving hand on every single person's life. I you love know, that. that to me is important just like to know. And like, to me, it's like, if I can just exemplify that and like looking somebody in the eye and asking them how their day was and like being kind to them and they feel like, Oh, Oh my gosh, I feel seen. I feel cared for. Like that's just a small piece yeah. of like what I found. So I feel like it's my job to spread it, you know? Ah, I love that. I think that's so nice. Okay. Thank you, know. you for that little breath of fresh air. You know. <laughs> okay. Los Angeles, it's a tough place. Oh, my God. Not a lot of fresh air. That's for shit sure. Um, okay. Last question. Yeah. For you and for actors out there, a lot of our platform is people who are moving to LA, are mm-hmm. brand new. If there is something small or large that you could tell to actors that you wish you knew before you came out here? Mm. Yes. So many things. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, and it can be a big, massive theory, or it could be like, yeah, take fountain. Like it just. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually so good. Um, I feel okay. Leave early for all of your auditions. Leave earlier than you think you should. Oh my god, yeah. I would plan. I would leave so early for an audition that was like ten minutes away from me, because you have to plan for like. For one thing, I always like to be there like fifteen minutes early. You have to plan to park. Give yourself like fifteen minutes of parking time. Y- yeah. Um, plan to get lost on the walk to the building between <laughs> your car and the building. Cause like for me, that's a very real thing. Uh, plan for there to be like excessive amounts of traffic and, uh, be prepared to like get there early and then sit in your car and run your sides with yourself. Cause that also happens. Yep. That's a real tip. I really like that. That's a real tip. Okay, cool. Um, that's all I have for you. Thank you Yay. so much for doing Thank this. Thank you. This was awesome. That's fun. All right, guys, I will talk to you in just a bit. I hope you guys loved today's interview with Amber. If you enjoyed it, uh, I would love if you would screenshot this podcast, post it on your Instagram story and tag me in it. Or also there's a picture of me and Amber on my Instagram. You can go there and tell me your favorite part below. We can have a little chit chat about the best takeaways you got from today's discussion. Please rate, review, subscribe, share all the good stuff. This podcast, myself on Instagram at Sam Valentine. The One Broke Actress website, of course, for all your working actor needs. I think that about covers it for us today, guys. Thank you, as always, to Maggie Zabo for our beautiful theme song. And I will see you next week.